Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, session number 12. Okay, today on the podcast, we have Alex Tonelli. He is the founder and managing director of Funding Circle USA. It used to be called Endurance Lending Network. That's the company he started with Sam Hodges back in 2012. And they merged with Funding Circle UK in October of 2013 and became Funding Circle USA. So we'll talk a little bit about that merger. We'll talk about his business model, how it's been going plans for the future and just all about the kind of borrowers they're getting and the kind of investors and the opportunity that he sees. And of course, we will we'll also touch on, on Lending Club with their entrance into the small business space. So hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here. Okay. So let's just get started with a bit of background here. You know, wanted to sort of Get the story a little bit. Talk about, you know, you started Endurance Lending Network with um, Sam Hodges. You merged with Funding Circle UK last year. So can you just give us a little bit of background about your journey here and how, how it's been going since um, since the merger? Sure. Well, uh, increasingly, we we, uh, we like to remove distinctions. And I like to say one team, one dream. Uh, <laughs> so we, we consider ourselves all Funding Circle now. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride and and uh, it's amazing how you know we put a lot of things on powerpoint slides as we were doing the merger and the and the joint capital raise that came with it uh, it was a, a 37 million capital raise from excel index uh, ribbit and and union square ventures uh, to make it happen and it's you know the, the theses around what being a global platform could provide that the learnings would would transfer across geography that capital would begin to flow across geography have all you know come true, and so the business uh, in both places, and, and you know, particularly in the U.S., uh, which is where I sit, feels a bit like a hot knife through butter, and and frankly, uh, it, it's exceeded our wildest expectations. Uh, working with my our partners, so Sam Sam Hodges and I uh, are the, the co-founders here in the U.S., uh, and then we've been joined by Andy Mullinger, who runs credit globally for us, but but is also now based in the U.S as well as our partners, Samir Desai and, and James Meekings. You know, our partners have, have been uh, phenomenal. Uh, they, they've built a phenomenal business in the U.K. and uh, have been an amazing resource for us as we grow here. Uh, it does feel a little bit like filling out the math, a math test with the answer key, meaning you still have to work out a lot of the problems, but you really know where you should be getting. Uh, uh-huh. And so they are... Uh, you know, as it's allowed us to run, not walk at the answers to, to these problems. And instead of running into walls at times, you know, Samir, James, and Andy, who are incredibly impressive partners and, and we're lucky to work with them, have been able to point out, you know, point out the walls before we run into them. And that's been a huge benefit as well. Okay. So what, so what are some of the things? It's been six months now almost. What, what are some of the things that have surprised you? Um, you know, you obviously had some ideas about it when, when it all came together. What are some of the things that surprised you about this merger? You're just, it's just how applicable and how close the metrics are to what they are in the UK. And so hmm. how, you know, we knew that a lot would transfer over. We, we, we thought that there would still be a lot of, there would be building around uh, what we, you know, a lot of combining 
uh, and, and working around, but, but really, you know, the business does translate very well uh, between the two geographies, and, and we're assuming in new geographies as well. Uh, we've spoke very well for our longer-term vision of, of being a global, not just two-nation, but a global a global platform. Okay. Okay, so why don't you just describe for the listeners you know, your business model, what your business model is here in the U.S. And, and how it's similar and how it's different to what it is in the U.K. Sure. So it, it's similar in, in its economic terms. We take a 3% origination fee uh, from borrowers and we take a 1% servicing fee from investors. And so that, that's a pretty simple, commonly held practice amongst uh, marketplaces of our types. We are a marketplace in that we uh, originate loans and grade them from small businesses looking for up to $500,000 in the U.S. and a million pounds in the U.K. And then we put them on a marketplace for consumption by investors. My guess is that uh, you know, you'd be interested to hear the, the nuances of how you might be able to invest in the platform. You know, the, the simple answer is that there is a, an, an auto-allocate way of investing um, and that there is a, a way to pick and choose the loans that you have interest in. One of the most meaningful differences between our two platforms is that in the U.S., uh, frankly, unfortunately, we, we only are able to accept accredited uh, in individual investors mm-hmm. and uh, institutional buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, at this point, can't take uh, retail customers, though at some time in the future, that's something that we would absolutely love to do. Right, and in the UK, that's not the case because they obviously have they have a, a, a range of retail investors on their on their platform there. Yeah, that that is probably the most meaningful difference between our platforms is that in the in the UK, it's almost entirely retail capital, which right. is a big credit to what they've built there because uh, it, it's hard to do it like that. Yeah, uh, it is. And, <laughs> uh, it, it is, uh, as you as you well know, Peter, mm-hmm. the retail business in, in the UK is booming. And now we're starting to add, you know, this is part of the global component of how do we get the, the, the rapid appetite from institutional investors to interact with our UK platform, which is now quite sizable and, and, and growing very quickly uh, to the point where institutional capital can really help to, to add fuel to that fire. So then are you getting, are you hearing from some of your investors that they they would like to be, they would like to access the, the US platform and the UK, sort of get a... You know, get a double benefit you know, through one organization. Are you seeing that? Absolutely. And, and that is one of the, I wouldn't call it surprises, that was one of the, the theses of the merger uh, was that you know, we're a marketplace and, and marketplaces in their truest form are as, o- as open as they can possibly be. And we're trying to be a global marketplace. And so you know, there, there are, of course, barriers uh, between, uh, between nations and you know, based on where people are domiciled and, and things of that nature. But what we're working on is trying to reduce those barriers meaningfully, which we think in the long run will, will mean for a much more solid, stable capital market and you know, ultimately a much more robust marketplace business. Okay, okay, sure. So let, let's just switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the, the, the borrower side and, and talk about the kinds of businesses that, that you see applying for, for loans today. I know you've, you've often focused on the, or you started off focusing on the franchise market. Is that still the case? And can you tell us, you know, who, who are applying for loans? Sure. So the franchise channel is a, is a, a meaningful channel for us. It's one that we like very much. It's got a lot of attention. I think it resonates with investors for a lot of reasons, but you know, to clarify, it, it's not our focus, meaning that 
uh, you know, it, it is just one of many channels that we pursue for acquiring borrowers. Uh, in terms of what type of borrower you might see applying for a loan, I would say, you know, go to, go to any town, uh, and I mean town, not city, but go to any town <laughs> and, and walk down Main Street. That is, you know, those are the types of businesses, and, and of course you run the businesses in cities as well, but if you walk down the Main Street of a, of a medium-sized town, you'll, you'll see the types of companies that, that come to us. There isn't a concentration of industry, you know, other than, than you know, what you would normally expect. You know, it's much more of a, a stage of business. And I think this is a nuance that's lost amongst a lot of people is that people say, oh, you know, we're hearing a lot about small business lending. Uh, it's great that you and, and, and they'll name some others are, are looking at small businesses. And it's funny because I think of it like the beverage aisle. You know, you don't walk into the store, you know, generally saying, I want a beverage. And then you go in the store and you look at, you know, vodka and coconut water as clear beverages and say, oh, yeah, these are, these, these are about the same. Right. By the way, I like both vodka and coconut water, so those are, you know, there's no there's no value judgment placed on that. Okay. But you know, you know, in reality, people go in and they're looking for YooHoo or they're looking for milk or they're looking for um, you know soda or, or something uh, you know green soda or, or whatever it may be. And you know, small business lending is, is much like that. And so you know, we are what we are doing is we're looking for the types of businesses that are attracted to what I call a loan a bank should do. You know, it's a, it's a term loan, it's a three to five year loan that helps, helps that business to make a meaningful expansion project in one way or the other. Um, there's other flavors of a small business loan, but they're very meaningfully different in the same way that vodka and coconut water are very meaningfully different, even if they may have, you know, similar, you know, similar characteristics. Ryan, can we, can we, can we actually extend that analogy to say that you know, some uh, too much vodka is not very good for you. Coconut water is a little bit healthier. So, what you're trying to provide, you would say, is something that's, I say, a bank a bank should do. A bank maybe can't do because of their cost structure. But you're stepping in there with a with a cheaper cost structure. And there are there are certain organisations that, um, you know, we we talked we've talked about the merchant cash advance business where they're they're very high rates and maybe if you get uh, if a business gets addicted to them, it can be very bad for the business in the long run so you're would you say that what you you're only looking at loans that you is it it's a true win-win for for all parties is that what you would say well i, I try not to place value judgment like i said i like freaking about it um, <laughs> but the you know the, the value judgment of it you know it's really more about what's the effect of it and you know there are certain business situations where taking a 75 percent six-month loan may make sense um, it might be a situation where a business can't possibly expand its inventory unless it unless it has a, a very quick injection of capital. It may be a situation where the business is, you know, in, in some trouble and, and, and they need some money to, to get through a very rough patch. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't put a value judgment that okay, bad. Okay, fair enough. Um, that is just a different type of customer. When you, when you ask what type of customers do we attract, it's generally a business that's been up and running for several years. It, it is thriving. It is thinking about a way to expand its, its offering and, and grow. And um, that's a loan that is more typically done by a bank. And so, but unfortunately, you know, banks aren't doing their job. If banks were doing their jobs, then, you know, <laughs> then, then, um, then, then we'd be in a very different world. Um, we don't think that banks have interest in lending really under $2 million to 
you know, they might do it as part of a larger product offering. They might do it on a one-off basis for one reason or another. But in general, you know, banks aren't lending below $2 million and we're trying to fill that space. Right. So can you just talk about the the product you talked about, like a three-year loan? Are you still mainly doing three years? Do you, do you offering five-year as well? or And what are, the, what are the range of interest rates that your businesses pay? That's right. So we're offering a three to five year product with interest rates between 9.9 and 17.4%. Okay. That's an APR or is that just the interest rate? That's the coupon. Um, okay. And then there's our three percent, and we have a 3% origination fee of the borrower. Right. You know, it, it speaks to, it speaks to one of the things that we're, that we espouse to be, which is transparent. You know, a big problem in the industry is that uh, we call them loan sharks. And if you're, if you're coming to this, uh, uh, this very exciting conference called Lend It, you'll see our loan charts that we have uh, in our office floating around, okay. uh, which really represent the arch enemy of funding circles, uh, which are these companies that might advertise you know, a, a 14% interest rate, and they really mean 14% per month, or they mean you know, 14% for four hidden fees, plus three months last payment paid up front. There are really a lot of different ways to juice that interest rate. And so it really isn't uncommon to see a, a 14% interest rate actually mean an 80% or sometimes even a 400% uh, interest rate. And because lending to businesses isn't as regulated as lending to consumers is, there is no you know, concept of an APR in, in, in small business lending. Right. And so you know, we think that that's really wrong. And so we try to be extremely transparent with our rates. And, and that's one of the things about the business that, that we think needs to be fixed. And, and over time, we're espousing for our rate, you know, we're, we're espousing uh, as a marketplace to bring as many products to that marketplace where we can accurately judge the risk uh, as possible. And so as, you know, capital interest is, is coming onto our market, we'll see rates improve for the very best borrowers and we'll see new products that will attract borrowers who have perhaps a less strong credit profile. Okay. Yep. Yep. So are you, how are you attracting your, your borrowers? Are you using online channels, offline brokers? What's, what are the main sources of, of borrowers that you're, that are, that are coming today? We attract borrowers in two principal ways. One is, is through performance marketing channels. You know, nothing that will, will shock you, which is, you know, the, the, the mixture of online and offline marketing strategies, um, or traditional marketing. And then we have partnership channels of very different varieties and sorts. And those partnership channels are with, you know, you, you mentioned off, you know, brokers would be one, one such channel. You mentioned earlier franchise would be another such channel. And then, you know, partnerships with a, a wide array of other aggregators. And actually one of the, one of the big initiatives over the next 12 months is to, to really make some game-changing partnerships with some more innovative companies uh, that we're working on in order to you know, get better, better, better borrowers, better data, so we can analyze them better and, and make more loans. Uh, and so, you know, you should expect to see something like that in the near future. One exciting thing I'd point out that our UK business is doing is starting to partner with banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is something that when we were thinking about you know the early stages of the business, we had always thought what happened was, uh, you know, our advantage of being able to do these types of loans would become an attractive thing to banks, and and they would begin to partner with us either in providing capital or referring leads in a, in a meaningful way. You know, in the UK, we are, for, for some banks, we are going to be doing all of their underwriting of loans for loans under a certain size. Right. Um, you know, right. I think that speaks to how powerful 
the IP around our credit analysis, and, and that's a credit again to Andy Mullinger who, who has built that from scratch, how powerful the credit uh, analysis process has become such that we are now taking over this function for, for certain banks. That, that makes perfect sense to me because, you know, banks don't really want to say no. To, they let Someone might have a, you know, an investment account with the bank or a checking account and they, they don't want to say no, but they just, you know, they're the, the people who make the, who set up the criteria for what, what, what they can lend, you know, set it up. So, I mean, it makes sense for them to say, hey, just go over to Funding Circle. They'll look after you. And, you know, they would even be able to, I imagine, have a pretty good idea whether they would get approved over at, over at Funding Circle before even sending them to you. Would that be correct? Yes, that is. And, and uh, you know, but keeping in mind that, you know, the banking industry as a whole moves somewhat slowly. <laughs> right. And so, right. To make an understatement, <laughs> and uh, you know this is an evolving process, and we're we're starting to see the very early signs of of, of how powerful the funding circle marketplace can be. Yep, yep. So okay, let's. Um, I wanted to talk about your loan book. When I I, I chatted with with your partner Sam about. Uh, Almost a year ago now, and when when you were just in, when you're still endurance lending network, and back then you had zero delinquencies, and uh, you it was a young loan book. It was a very young young loan book. So I wanted to ask if you are, are still at zero, and uh, if not, are you still tracking to your uh, back then? It was a half a percent to one percent projected annual loss rate. So where where are you at with your loan book now? Sure. So when the merger happened, uh, we had had one delinquency, and today we have one delinquency. So we're very proud of that. Um, but again, and. and not to uh, overly reference uh, our chief credit officer, Andy Mullinger, but I don't <laughs> want to take credit for his, his sayings. Um, the purpose of risk is not to underperform or uh, certainly not overperform or, or overlose, though, though losing less would be better than losing more. The purpose of risk is to get it exactly right and lose exactly what you expect to lose. Right. So in that sense, we've been too conservative, and that's a good thing. Uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we need to build investor trust. But yes, we're very thrilled to only be at one uh, one delinquency, and it, and it means that we have the ability to, you know, we have a so one on that one delinquency, we recovered a substantial amount of that loss, which I think helps to to validate our our, our recovery process and the fact that these are secured loans, which is another difference in that vodka coconut water analogy, is that as a secured loan, we're, we're much more likely to uh, they are safer, much more likely to recover. At the same time, that. You know, these loans really can be done in a very safe manner that does track to those loss rates you mentioned. A big significant update from, from when, uh, when we last spoke was we have launched new risk tiers. So uh, in the UK, uh, they have uh, you know, uh, static cohort data uh, around you know, a much longer track record of loans and, and loans that have run through maturity and certainly longer loss curves. In the UK, uh, the overall loss rate in the book has been 2.2%. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they also have a much wider array of products, so they have products that are much lower on the, on the risk curves. In the U.S., we've now launched, we've taken that that original loss expectation that you know the, what you referenced the 50 bits to 100 bits uh, loss rate, and that is you know our A plus loan category. So you know we expect 60 basis points loss in the A plus loan category. Uh, that is, you know, these are in line. We're using a, a combined model with the UK credit system. So uh, A plus has 60 basis points loss expectation. A loans have a one and a half basis point. I'm sorry, 1.5 percentage point loss expectation. And then a B loan category, which has a 2.3 percent 
uh, loft expectation. And again, the goal is to hit those loft expectations, not over or underperform them. And frankly, we are we are under losing at this point as, as compared to our projection. Right, right. Yeah. So you should, in some ways, you you need to get a little bit more. Aggressive, or honest, aggressive is not the right word, but you, you need to sort of bring in uh, more more borrowers so you can meet those loss expectations and you know adjusting your underwriting accordingly. So that sounds good. So then, uh, so obviously the the interest rates is it the presume it's it's like the Lending Club and Prosper model where you know the lower risk, the A plus have the lowest interest rates, and then moving down the credit spectrum they increase. Is that how it works? That, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So. So let's just talk about your investor platform. And, you know, you've talked about accredited investors, you have institutional investors, and we've, you know, I, I heard you've, you are developing a marketplace. Is that marketplace live yet for investors? Um, if not, when, when will we be able to see that? So to be clear, they're, they're, we are a marketplace and we, we are functioning as a marketplace. Accredited investors cannot yet access the marketplace. Right. So... Accredited investors can only participate through a, a auto allocation process at the right. moment, but that is changing. At the end of the second quarter, so end of June, uh, accredited investors will have the same ability to, as institutional investors to pick and choose the loans that they want. So, you know, we are very much uh, you know, pick and choose marketplace. That said, we are, we're building very quickly uh, the 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 capability to allow accredited investors on there. Part of the reason that it, it is probably taking longer than we would like is, is just that we are, or maybe not longer than we'd like, it's exactly as long as we had hoped, um, but, or as we planned, but it, it, the reason we plan for it to take longer to roll that out is just because we have the resources and the team to, to build not you know, sort of a, a, v, a V1, we, we, we can build out a more robust later stage product that will, that will work better uh, in the long run, because we're, we're, we're beefing it out and, and, and really going for building something great. And uh, that doesn't mean that there won't be an iteration cycle, and of course it's going to be an ongoing process, but when we do launch it, it will be something that that uh, that, that we'll be very proud of. And that will be, uh, fractional loans will be available, like event investors will be able to say, right, I want I want some of that loan, some of the other loans. Is that how it's going to work? That's absolutely right, yes. And what, what will be the, do you know, do you have uh, the minimum per loan that investors will be able to invest in? Is that, is that set yet? We haven't announced it, but if you attend the conference that is going to be a, a bellwether in our industry, we'll have uh, called Lendit. There will be probably announcements <laughs> about, uh, about that and other things. Well, there you heard it, folks. Lendit conference in, uh, on May 4th to 6th, a must-attend event. <laughs> Thanks for the plug, Alex. Okay. That's, that's, what I've heard. That's, that's what I've heard, Peter. <laughs> right, right, okay. Okay, so then let's just talk about you know the balance between the investor and the borrower. I mean, we've we've seen uh, Lending Club and Prosper um, the, the balance shift back and forth. Where where are you at now in that um, in that search for equilibrium? Do you have more investors or more borrowers? Where's it at? Frankly, we have too much of both, uh, and, and that's <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great thing. I mean, there's, there's never too much, and what we're trying to do is grow responsibly. You, you know, one of the great credits to lending clubs is that they've grown very predictably for quite a long time, which is, is no small feat, and, and, you know, we take our hats off to them. We want to make sure that we grow, you know, already now we're, you know, the, the fastest growing peer-to-peer lender, you know, in history because we're, we're, we're growing at an, an incredible rate. You know, we, we, we don't, you don't want to grow irresponsibly, and you want to make sure that your systems and processes are there, and so 
you know, the answer is we're trying to build those systems and processes in a responsible, diligent way to be able to handle the, uh, you know, the, the ocean of both borrowers and lenders that are out there. And that's what, that's the exciting thing in the business is that, you know, we, we've, we've seen our, our partners in the UK prove out that this works. We know how to do it. And then we come to the US, which is just an even bigger, uh, much bigger, much robust, market than in the UK. And, and so if you asked our, our global CEO, uh, Samir Desai, about this, he would say, you know, yeah, it's exactly the same, except in the US, everything is just bigger. Uh, and so, you know, we, we are experiencing abundance of, of demand on both sides. Okay, that's good. So, so can you can you share any numbers with the listeners? Like, where where were you at with loan volume in in Q one? What's your projected volume for the entire the entire year? Is there any numbers you can share? Sure, uh, we're, we're you know we are aiming to lend hundred million dollars in twenty fourteen in the US and call it six hundred fifty million dollars globally. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, we are we are tracking to those numbers and are on a very strong pace, and, and so we tend to think of things as a, as a latest, uh, a latest and greatest. Um, this month, I would expect us to do four to five million based on our run rate so far in the month, and you know, things, things, things may slow down in the month, and, and, and maybe we don't exactly achieve that, but it'll be, it'll be pretty close, and, and um, you know, given that, given that trajectory, we, we, we should be able to hit that $100 million uh, in 2014 in the U.S., Okay. Um, but regardless, we're, we're extremely excited about the growth, growth prospects, and um, these businesses can become very, you know, the businesses get very powerful when you can turn on one lever or another and, and, and sort of move it in, in the direction you want it. And the U.S. businesses, the U.K. business is certainly getting there. The U.S. business is, is, um, is, is getting there very quickly. Okay. Okay. So I'm. I can't let you go without uh, talking about the um, the Goliath in our industry lending club. I'm sure you're very aware of what they're doing. And you know they announced uh, last month that they are they've started issuing small business loans that uh, seem to be in a similar kind of range to what you guys are doing. They're they're doing more of the you know between the two and five year loans and similar kinds of interest rates. So. What, how do you feel about Lending Club, you know, coming into this market? So, uh, you know, I guess I'd start by saying we are incredibly motivated by empowering small businesses. It is a, you know, our mission is to build a better financial world, you know, and, and you know, one half of that is, is to build a better financial world for borrowers who have experienced very difficult times in raising capital, which, you know, slows our economy, slows our country, slows our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I am, uh, you, know, you may have talked to me before about, uh, you know, certainly personally, but, you know, uh, or, or one-on-one rather, the, the fact that I was a small business owner who had raised $100 million from banks to do crazy private equity deals, but I couldn't raise $100,000 for my extremely successful chain of fitness centers mm-hmm. and thought that was absolutely nuts. So, you know, the reason that I, I, I bring that up is to say that I am thrilled that small business is getting so much tension from extremely, from well-financed companies that can, that can help address the problem. You know, our country needs this. Our world needs this, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make sure we, we, we think about this globally. We need better solutions than what banks provide. At the same time, I'll, I'll go back to the, the beverage aisle with you and say, <laughs> well, actually, before we get to the beverage aisle, I'll say, certainly what Lending Club has built is amazing and, and 
to you know to quote uh, uh, to quote Ron Super from Cost where I wake I pray every night for the successful ending club IPO. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know I, I do right and, and and obviously that that is a uh, that is something that you know they have done a lot for alternative lending as a whole. The notion of a Goliath, however, is something that I find I, I, I find interesting because we're all just drops in this bucket. When you look at the size of, you know, forget consumer loans, which is huge, but small business loans is a $250 billion annual origination market of companies that are getting funded. Forget the ones that aren't getting funded. And so, you know, when we look at that and we think about the volumes that we're all talking about, we're all very tiny. And so right. when I think about our competitors, you know, certainly we compete on, you know, in, in Silicon Valley and, you know, and in, in the West Village, uh, you know, and, and you know, in the mindset of uh, the very informed, uh, you know, public around new and emerging technology companies, we certainly compete for mindshare there. But on Main Street, where we're, where we're talking that, that, that borrower that you walk down Main Street with, we, we don't compete with these companies, um, these, other, these other companies, because they're offering very different products. And so to, to get back to that beverage aisle, you know, the lending club product on the surface you know, is a small business lending product, but it, it's it's more of a working capital type of solution. It's more like a credit card for small business, which, frankly, I think does make sense. I pay down my small business credit card every day, and so you know, the the fact that Lending Club is coming out with a product is something that I'm I'm sure that you know businesses that have a particular need that they'll that they'll want, you know, will will go to Lending Club. However, I think in our approaches, uh, at least from a lender's perspective. Uh, we're pretty far apart and, and serving very different needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is that there's there's room for 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 both you uh, for for many players, and really the Goliath is not the it's not Lending Club. It's you know it's the you know it's it's Bank of America and Citibank and Chase and that sort of thing. That's that's really is that what you're saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Okay. Great. Well, um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, Alex. This this has been great. Best of luck for you, and I, I look forward to seeing you at Lended in a few weeks. Thanks, Peter. We're we're all really excited about Lended, and can't wait to see you there. Okay. Thanks. See ya. Take care. Okay. One thing I just want to touch on that Alex mentioned towards the end there, and that's that's about the size of this industry and who's really the Goliaths. And if you take the value, I saw this at the AltFi conference. Uh, Simon Champ mentioned this, and I did some research to verify it. Uh, that if you take the total value of every loan ever issued globally in the P2P lending industry, it is still less than 1% of the assets on Deutsche Bank's balance sheet. That's one large bank. The whole industry globally is less than 1% of those assets. So we've got a long way to go. And the point taken is that really the, the competitor here is not Lending Club versus Funding Circle or, or prosper or what have you. We really we, we need to work together to grow this industry so we can it can become a viable alternative to the big banks. So on that note I will sign off and I will catch you next time. Thanks. Bye.